Pastor Anne's and me, we both are related. All right. Just that I'm a little fairer than him. All right. In terms of uh, shade, is a little darker. I don't know. That's because you're closer to the ozone layer and you've got a hole there. So probably. <laughs> oh, I'm really happy to be here. Really happy to be here. Really happy to see your faces. And I'm encouraged looking at you. All right. Anybody from India here? Any Indians? Wow. 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 Wonderful. So good to, good to see you here. And hope we don't have differences which we have in India. All right. At least abroad we don't have those differences. Wonderful. Uh, my name is Renu Kumar. Uh, I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. And I'm a worship leader. I'm a singer. There are many things to my name. But uh, if there's no Jesus, I'm a nobody. If there's no Jesus, if you take Jesus out of my life, I'm a nobody. In India, there's a term called care of platform, which means you're just a beggar if there's no Jesus. All right. This children I've got today, what I am, it's only because of the grace of God. All right. And um, I'm a pastor. We have a church in, in India, and it's called Rock Eternal Church. I come from a family where my father was Hindu. Uh, my testimony is going to be a little boring for people who attended the first service because you've already been there. But I'll try to make it as exciting and try to add some pepper and salt if possible. All right. Now, I come from a Hindu fam, fam, fam. My father was a Hindu. Now, in India, I'm not allowed to say that my father was a Hindu because there's a lot of persecution going around in India amidst churches. My father was a Hindu and my mom was a Christian. So, when I was a child, my mom told me that even while I was in a womb, a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors prayed over me and they said that I'm going to be serving the Lord. This was a promise given to my mom when I was in a womb. But then after I was born, it seemed impossible. All right. Whenever she looked at me or whenever people looked at me, it became more impossible because I was far away from the Lord. And people told my mom, there are seven wonders in the world. And if you ever your son changes... And if he gets saved, he will be the eighth wonder in this world. And thank God for you guys, free of cost, without buying a ticket, you're looking at the eighth wonder today. All right. If not, you'd have to spend money, buy a ticket, buy a visa, and go, all right. So thank God. So brother, when you go back, go out of this hall, pay me, all right. <laughs> now, my father was a Hindu, as I told you. So I used to visit Hindu temples when I was a a uh, small boy, and then also churches. So whenever I needed money from my father, I will go to the temple, put all that on my forehead, and when I wanted to get something out of my mother, I will visit the church. But then I decided I'm going to go only to the church because I had a lot of pretty girls coming to the church, and uh, all at the designated time, all right, because if there's an 8.30 service, girls just walk in. But in a Hindu temple, you know, throughout the day, they just come, you don't have a timing. So it becomes tough for you to wait at the tea shop to have a look at them. <laughs> but then that's how, I, that's how I went into church. So, uh, and when the pastor started to preach, I will always go to the tea shop, smoke, all right, uh, one cigarette, the second cigarette. If a sermon goes on for a long time, then probably a packet and then come back. This was my lifestyle. But then one thing what I realized for my life is that you may have different intentions. Your intention and your thought, your plans about Coming to church might be different, but as long as you put your foot inside the Lord's presence, He will make sure that His plans, His purpose, His intentions are fulfilled in your life. Amen. If you are encouraged, put your hands together for the Lord and clap for the Lord. 
So, I studied computer science uh, and I did my MBA. I'm a HR guy, I'm a human resource and a marketing guy. I was a gold medalist, and, but I was always away from the Lord. I used to study well and I used to drink well, all right? I used to smoke well. Whatever I did, I gave my 100%. And, uh, all right. <laughs> and I used to take drugs as well. I had all the good habits, all right? So, and I also had a long ponytail, all right? Trust me. All right, you need to hope against all hope. All right, okay. People at the back, are you in the last row, are you able to see my head? The last row, can you see my head? All right, can you see hair on it? Now, can you see it now? If you don't see that, then you need to focus more. All right, if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord before the service ends. Now. Uh, I used to be away from the Lord and uh, the impossibility of me getting saved grew more bigger. And my mom kept telling me, one day definitely you will serve the Lord. And then I got married. One purpose served, the purpose of me going to church. I found the love of my life in my church. And I have one wife, one daughter. Uh, I keep telling this. Uh, you know, um, for people who see me without my wife, they think that I'm unmarried and I look young. But then... <laughs> It was a joke. <laughs> All right, the joke's on me now. Now, but, uh, and uh, I got married and then uh, I worked for a software company called Oracle. I'm not sure if you heard about Oracle. And then I moved to Australia. I started living in Melbourne. When I moved to Australia, I was like, you know, really thrilled. I told the Lord, Lord, you're taking another chance on me. You're taking me to Australia. Because already in India, I was a party animal. So when I went to Australia, I thought I'm going to have a crazy life. But then God had different plans. That's what Isaiah 55, 8 says. Your plans are not as plans. Your thoughts are not as plots. So this morning, if you had come with plans, I want to encourage you and motivate you that none of your plans are going to work. All right? Because he's got the best in store for you. All right? It's good that our plans have holes. It's good that our plans don't work because that's when the plan of the Lord works in our lives. Amen. So I went to Australia, long story short, I went to an AG church. The Lord touched me and the Lord said, you need to give up your life and you need to start serving me. I was like looking around people and I would say, Lord, probably it's somebody else next to me, not me. But then the Lord said, it's you. I said, still no, somebody else. But then the Lord had said, it was you, it was me and uh, no other go. I gave up my job and started serving the church. And people called me a fool for giving up my job. All right. They said, you, you would be wise if you give up your wife. Okay. And <laughs> not your job. <laughs> but then I gave up my job and started serving the church along with my wife. And after a few years, the Lord said that I had to get back to India. This was a training period for me in Australia. And I was about to get my residency in Australia. And the Lord said, you have to go back. It was a very tough decision because people in India, they want to migrate. They want to come to New Zealand, Australia, move to the U.S. That's a dream for us, you know, to move abroad and live, have a better life. But then the Lord said, you have to come back. I was learning really well. And for me to come back was very tough because, uh, because when you come back to India, you look like a loser. All right, things didn't work out and then you come back. And my biggest problem was if I come back to India and start doing ministry, the work of God, my main botheration was people knew my past, all right? The Lord will forget your past, but not your own people, especially the person sitting next to you 
will never forget your past. And if it's going to be your wife, it's going to be even more tough. They have the special anointing of recalling everything out of the depths and the heads. They can just, they have a supercomputer, all right, to remember everything and even to eavesdrop. <laughs> uh, that, that came from Rebecca. All right. Now, so we came back and uh, I didn't have any other go. I listened to the Lord and the Lord asked me to come back. So, so people started calling me a bigger fool. They said, it's very evident that you don't have anything on top of your head. Now, after this decision, we've come to know that you have nothing inside as well. All right. So I gave up everything, came back to India. I had to go to my mother-in-law's house, which is very embarrassing for an Indian husband to go into your mother-in-law's house and stay in your mother-in-law's house because I, had a, I was a guy who had a very big ego. I never used to drink a coffee from my mother-in-law's hand. But then this time, my Lord made me sit with my mother-in-law, eat three meals out of her hand. All right? It was the biggest learning in my life. But then we started off small. My wife and I started praying. It's about nine years now. We started uh, evangelizing. And every week, every Sunday, I would have at least five souls which I would take to church to get baptized. Every Sunday. So for me, Lord, I used to go after one soul. I used to spend five hours, six hours with just one soul. And right? And that soul will go in the night, commit a big sin, and then come back again. And I will again spend six hours again with the same. This used to happen. And then the Lord started rewarding our ministry. Our ministry started to grow. The Lord started giving me a lot of songs. I've done a lot of albums in Tamil, a lot of concerts. And all my songs are being sung across the world in a lot of Tamil churches. But the best part is, I don't know music. I can't play an instrument. I've never sung in my lifetime. All right. But all of this is possible because the Lord picks the fools and the lame things of the world to put the wise to shame. Amen. So whenever I get on stage, uh, though I appear to be confident when I lead worship, but then I'm really shit scared to use the word. Really sorry to use the word. But that's how I am because when I go, oh my God, they sing so well. When I looked at the pastor's wife today, oh my God, Lord help me so that I don't mess up today while I sing. But then I want to encourage you, the Lord can do the impossible in all your lives. The last year when I was, I was there in, in, in UK, I had guys who play for Chris Tomlin and uh, Matt Redman, all of those guys playing for me. But then I stood there so unworthy. But then the Lord reminded me, it is not about your gifting, it's about your anointing. <laughs> Amen. So I want to encourage you, if the Lord can do this in my life, he can do a lot, lot better in all your lives. Amen. So we started a church. We run a church. It's about six years old. It's for uh, the urban crowd in the city of Chennai. So we have about close to 500 people in the last six years. Uh, we started on top of the house in a small tent, moved to a smaller hall, then a bigger hall. Now we've taken up a thousand-seated auditorium in a step of faith. We moved. It's about a few months. For rental, we don't have our own place. And people keep telling me, uh, Renu, you cannot buy a place inside the city of Chennai because it's very expensive. Very, very expensive. It's even more expensive than New Zealand. So they tell me, 
you better go out and start looking for a place outside the city. And I tell those people, if people can have the bars and the restaurants and all the temples of idols inside the city, why should I go look out for a place when I worship the living God? Amen. So don't listen to people. Tell your neighbor, don't listen to people. They're going to more demon with you. So we also run a church for street dwellers. People who are on street who know, don't have houses. We also run a church for them. I found it really tough to find a place because nobody gave us a place to run a church for street dwellers. So by God's grace, we found a haunted house. All right. So we took the place and they said, no, there's a demon inside. I said, oh, the demon's not seen me yet. <laughs> so we went in there, planted a new church in a haunted house. So we have uh, street dwellers coming there. And apart from that, we also work with uh, girls who are victims of rape and kidnapping. Uh, so we work with a lot of those girls. We work with children who are addicted, uh, uh, terminally ill, cancer children. So we work with them as well. And we work with tribal children whose food is only rats and snakes. There are people who live only on rats and snakes. So we work with them as well. So our ministry is a little complicated. <laughs> no, no, no. But then by the grace of God, by the grace of God and the strength of God, we've been able to do all of this. So that's about, uh, about what we do. And I say all of this with a lot of pride because I was nothing. And people looked down upon me and they said, this guy can never ever be saved. And I was the word, I was impossible personification. Personified the word impossible. But then the Lord did this in my life. And today I want to encourage you that it ain't over till the Lord says it's over. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Dear children of God, but the problem with people is that, you know, I read the story about uh, two hunters who went into a forest to hunt deers. But then the problem is that there was no roadway, so they could not take a jeep into the forest. So they had to hire a chopper to get into the forest. All right. So they hired the stopper and they said, we're going to pay you $1,000 to go into the forest and hunt deers. They landed in the middle of the forest. They went for hunting and they caught six deers. How many deers? Can you show me six? How, many, how much is six? All right. Only a few people have their fingers and hands. All right, thank you. Now, six. And they brought it to the pilot and the pilot said, the driver of the chopper said, I can take in only four. But these guys said, no. We've got six, you better take in six. He said, if I take in six, the chopper will crash down. They said, no way, we are going to take in six. You know, because we, we always greedy, we want more. We're never satisfied. So this guy said, no, it'll crash. They said, no, last year, we hired another chopper and this guy took in six deers. So it's the same size, the chopper is the same size. So you can also take in six. Then this guy, after a lot of convincing, he said, yes. So along with his two hunters, he got in the six years and the chopper took off. Within five minutes, the chopper crashed and fell into the forest, deep forest. Now these two hunters, they fell into a dark pit. So they got out. And one hunter, he reached out to the other hunter and he said, Boss, do you know where we are? And this guy said, Brother, remember last year when we hunted six years? And when the chopper said, no, we got into the chopper. And remember last year, we crashed and we fell into a pit. This year also, we are in the same pit. We are in the same pit. 
there is no improvement. Dear children of God, this is not about hunters, but this is about believers who are in church. Every Sunday you walk into the church, you are so encouraged, but then you get out and then you come back the next week, you are in the same pit. Many a time, your life doesn't change. Your miracles don't happen. You don't seem breakthroughs. You come to the pastor and you ask him to pray for the same problem. Nothing's changed. My husband's not changed. My family's not changed. My job's still the same. My sickness is still the same. You talk about the same problem and you ask the pastor or the elders to pray for the same problem. Nothing has changed because you have not changed. That's the problem. You have not changed. Your thinking, your faith, the way you pray, the way you boldly confess has not changed. Because we spend more time talking about the problems we have than we spend time about talking about Jesus. We spend more time talking about the devil. We spend more time talking about curses. We spend more time talking about the sickness. But you know what, dear children of God, if you actually sit and calculate, you spend less time talking about Jesus and his power and his miracles. That is the problem. Amen. Dear children of God, the word of God says, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. You know what? The sermon's title is, it ain't over. But then I want you to look at a different verse now. I am going to go into it. Okay, tell your neighbor, this happened for your good. This happened for your good. What am I talking about? I'm not talking about the promotion you received. I'm not talking about, you know, all those testimonies which those people who shared. Oh, I got a job promotion. I got this. We completed seven years. Thank God. Eighth year, a new beginning. Where are you? There. Right? Not about the good things which happen in your life. Dear children, I'm talking about all the worst things which has happened in your life. And I want to encourage you. All of that has happened for your good. If you believe it, you will clap your hands for the Lord. Romans 8.28 says this. Do you know this verse by heart? What does it say? Romans 8.28. All things happen for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His. It says all things. It says, can you say all things? Tell your neighbor all things. The hurts, the failures, the sickness, the job loss, the bad news. It's not just the good things. This verse says all things. Say all things. For good. For good. Say good. For good. Dear children of God, many a times we think oh, only the good things are for our good. But I want to tell you, God's way of bringing in miracles into your life are through the bad things. All right? Do you know what's, uh, what's the composition of salt? Sodium chloride? All right? Have you ever attempted taking sodium separately and chloride separately? If you add sodium to your food, it's a poison. Separately. If you add chloride to your food, it's again poison. But if you can take the poison sodium and the poison chloride and put it together, it becomes salt which brings in taste to your food. Dear children of God, if you listen carefully to me, if you take two bad things out of your life, and if God can put two mess in your life together, 
I truly believe that it will bring taste to your life. About two bad things. These children of God, this was written by Paul to the Romans. All right? But before, when I, when I read this, was, I was like, oh, come on, Paul. You would have probably experienced the best things in your life. And that's why you are able to write all things work for good. But you know what? Before he wrote Romans, he wrote 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Do you know what is the first book of the New Testament? The first book which was written? Am I having a Bible quiz here? <laughs> the first book which was written in the New Testament. That's just the order of the Bible. Do you know it was 1 Thessalonians? It was Paul's letters which were written first before the Gospels. The Gospels were written 20 years after Paul wrote his letters. And the early letters of Paul were 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and then Romans. The middle letters are the letters which he wrote from prison. Those are the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. The, other, the rest are the latter letters. Timothy, Titus, and Galatians are the latter letters. You have early, middle, and latter letters. So the first book of the New Testament, in fact, is 1 Thessalonians. All right? Get it from me. If you have doubts, you can clarify. All right? Now, so before... He wrote this, that all things work for the good. He wrote to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24. Can you turn your Bibles? Is that okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24. Can you bring it up for me? Oh, you don't have it? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. I'm going to read this out for you. Okay? Paul says... Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one, which means he was hit, whipped 196 times. All right? Now, this man says, All that happened is for my good. After receiving 196 lashes, iron rod. Come on, we just can't stand one slap. All right? This guy's received 196. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24. All right? For people who miss it out. Then he says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my countrymen, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at the sea, danger from false brothers. I have labored tall, often gone without sleep. I have known hunger. I have known thirst. I've gone without food in cold and naked. And in all things... God work for the good of those who love him. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just reading this and this guy says, I've been hungry, I've been thirsty, I've been naked. My own people have stoned me. Dear children of God, do you know who can betray you? No outsider can betray you. It's the people whom you trust, only they can betray you. Your own people can put you down. He's saying, I was being stolen, I was on the sea, I was drowned, shipwrecked. All of this happened in my life. And then finally he says, all of this happened for good for those who love the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dear children of God. So I want to encourage you this afternoon that it happened for good. That it happened for good. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? 
My visa was rejected. Good. I didn't get a job in this company. Good, because the Lord's got a better job. Thank God I broke up with this girl because I was not meant to be married with her. Thank God. Thank God I didn't buy this house because this house was in danger. Thank God I got this sickness because God proved that he's a healer and a miracle worker through my sickness. Come on, dear children of God, you need to believe that this happened for good. Because everything fits into God's scheme of things. Everything fits into his plans. Dear children of God, before we moved into this auditorium, this new auditorium, all right, guys came and said that we have to shift this hall because they're giving it out to somebody else. And everybody said, Pastor, what are we going to do? I said, good that they're moving us out of here. Because when they moved us out of a small place, the Lord gave us a bigger place. Amen. Dear children of God, I want to tell you, doesn't matter whatever you're going through in your life, be it sickness, be it financial loss, be it a bondage in your family, or be it some ruckus you're going through in your life, I want to encourage you that it will all turn up for good because the Lord said, whatever the devil meant for evil, the Lord can turn it up for good in your life. Hallelujah. If you're happy, you will clap your hands for the Lord. That's what the Word of God says. All things, all things. What time should I finish, Master? What time should I finish? It's 11.05. Oh, another five minutes? Oh, my God. So even if, I, if, if the service gets delayed, it's for your good. <laughs> now, dear children of God, he's given me just five minutes. So, so this sermon title is not It Ain't Over. It's called It Happened for Your Good. All right? Now, dear children of God, if you, if, you read, if, you, if you look at the life of Joseph, all right, I was supposed to go to Daniel, but today I'm going to give Daniel a miss. All right? Okay, because I spoke about him in the first service. Too much of Daniel is not good for health. <laughs> Joseph, dear children of God, he goes seeking his brother. But then his brothers were not found in the place where he went to search of. They were in Dothan. When he had gone to Dothan, it happened for good because he had to travel that extra mile because only in Dothan there was a well that he was not murdered, but he was put into the well. If you can go back home and read it, you will understand. Genesis chapter 37. Because if he had ever met them in the previous place, there was no will, he would have been killed. All right? But then, Joseph would have thought, Lord, I'm in a well. Is this for my good? Somebody came and pulled him out. He was sold as a slave. People said, oh my God, you are a prince, now you are as a slave. But then it happened for good because he was in Potipar's house. Dear children of God, all of this when you read, I want you to just turn your Bibles to, I'm just going to read out one verse, one verse, and that's all, and I'm going to leave. All right. Genesis chapter 45 and verse 7. It says, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant to keep alive for many survivors. God sent. Dear children of God, he wanted to tell his brothers, don't ever think that because you guys planned and put me in the well I came here, you can probably assume that you won over me, but it was not you. This word says that God sent me to the well and to Potipar's house and to the prison so that I will become a prince 
in order to save you guys. Hallelujah. Dear children of God, I want to encourage you today. Your enemies might think that they have put you down. People might think they have put you down. The devil might think he's won over you. The devil might think he has put you in a corner. But you know what? You need to understand, devil, you didn't send me to the corner. The Lord has sent me to the corner so that I will big become the cornerstone of this corner where a building will be built. Hallelujah. So dear children of God, I want to really encourage you today. No matter what has happened in your life. No matter what. I want to tell you that the Lord has allowed it for your good. All right. It's a certainty. It says, for all those who love the Lord, the Lord works it for good. Which means it's certain. There's no doubt about it. It is a certain that the Lord is a miracle worker. And if he's allowed this in your life, it means he wants to do a miracle through your life. And you've been chosen for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you feel special? Lord, I am having the sickness. And I am special because... That person is weak. He cannot bear it. Alright. Do you know? The Holy Spirit, the word of God says, the Holy Spirit was sent only to help in our weakness. Not in our strong points. So if you are going through a tough time today, you know what? The Lord has chosen you for that situation. Chosen you. Handpicked you. So that through you, people will understand that he is a miracle worker. Amen. Dear children of God. The same psalm says, the Lord allowed this famine so that he could do a miracle through Joseph. Dear children of God, is there a famine in your life? Are you going through a famine? I want to tell you the Lord has allowed it so that he can do a miracle in your life. No matter what rejection, no matter what failure, no matter what sickness, I want to encourage you this morning that all for your good, everything will turn out for your good and the Lord will do the impossible. Hallelujah. When I started my church, I'm just wrapping up with this testimony of my wife. When I... When I started a church, my wife was attacked severely by a sickness. The doctor said that she will not survive. The doctor said that she's not going to live anymore. It was a small surgery, but it got complicated. The doctor said, your wife is not going to live anymore. So for me, I didn't know whether I was supposed to run the church or close the church. Because my wife was permanently in the hospital. And everybody said, probably you've done something wrong, this happened to you. Or something against the Lord, this happened to you. Or the devil is hitting you bad, so, so that you cannot come up. But you don't know of God. Uh, it's a long story, but I'm just cutting it short. But then, the doctors came here, we're going to give it the last chance. There were four surgeons who took her inside the operation room. And they said, there's still no chance, but this, we're giving it a try. I said, I don't depend on you, but I depend on the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Dear children of God, if you go to YouTube, Instagram, on Facebook and see my wife, there is no trace of whatever happened in her life. No trace of the sickness she's gone through or the surgeries. She went through four major surgeries. Today when somebody sees her in church, they never know what's happened in her life. But then today, her testimony speaks volumes into people's lives. Amen. So even that, happened for good in my wife's life. Dear children of God, I want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, be it hunger, embarrassment, nakedness, being hit by people, hit by words, the Lord is saying, I'm going to take all this poison, put it together, sodium and chloride, and make it 
a prosperous miracle in your life. Hallelujah. All of your problems, all of your poison. If you believe it, can we stand up in God's presence and just thank the Lord because He's a way maker. He's going to turn every evil into good.